following is a production of Locked Up Sports. Everybody, this is Don LaGreca from the Michael K Show. When it comes to talking sports, Bob Walters and Brett Grasso are the authority. Can't wait. When it comes to talking sports, they're the authority. It's Bob Walters and Brett Grasso. It's Locked Up Sports, and it starts now. Bring them out, bring them out, hey! Bring them out, bring them out, yo! Bring them out, bring them out, hey! Bring them out. Here we go. From the Brian Gunzel Studios, I'm Bob Walters. This is Locked Up Sports. The Mets, 17 years later, and they still can't figure out Adam Wainwright. The Yankees will have to live with the drubbing in Boston from last night. One more day is there rained out. The U.S. Open is ready to go Sunday at the U.S. Open tomorrow. And the New York Rangers have finally found a head coach, and they have made a hire, Peter Laviolette. We will get to all of that, but first and foremost, I'd like to... Uh, wish all the fathers out there happy Father's Day. My first Father's Day. Very excited to spend it with my brand new daughter. She's a month old yesterday, and it's my first Father's Day, so I'm excited. I'm excited to get some socks, some ties, the whole thing. Breakfast in bed, whatever Father's Day entails. But one thing it does entail every year is the U.S. Open and the final round of the U.S. Open, and that will be tomorrow. First, let me say, the U.S. Open, listen, it. I get it with this course. It's a nice course. It's an exclusive course. But can we, with the crowds, I mean, there is zero atmosphere. Zero atmosphere in this whole tournament. I mean, you got Fowler sinking 70-foot putts and nothing. It's crickets. Did you see, compare that to the 72-foot putt at the Canadian Open last week. Go go look at both of them side by side or one after another and you'll it's completely different and the atmosphere last week was so much better and it it made the tournament. It made that putt even better and even bigger. This year, I mean there's nothing going on. There's, there it's just it's silence and I get it there's only 22,000 allowed in the park and there's not a lot of places to put the the fans but I mean come on. It's the US Open. It's the U.S. Open, and there's basically nobody there. The galleries are terrible. It's it's just it, it loses the atmosphere, and it looks even worse on television. I'll tell you what, it looks bad for the course. The course itself is nice. I I like the course. I love that 80-something. Today it was 80-something yard, par 3, the 15th hole. I love it. Um, it's fun. The golf itself has been great, but just the atmosphere and watching it, and it takes away from it, I think. It... As far as I'm concerned, it takes away from it. I mean, maybe it's just me. I have seen some people complain about it, but it's just not as exciting. And, you know, it's not going to be as exciting tomorrow, even though we're set up for a really good day. Ricky Fowler is 10 under. He's tied with Clark at 10 under. Then you got McElroy at 9. Scheffler, who's making a run here late in the third round on moving day. Scheffler moved probably more than anybody. He made a run. He's now at 7 under. And you got Harris English at 6 under. So it is going to be a listen. It's a, it's going to be a good Sunday. Ricky Fowler going for the U.S. Open. I would imagine the crowd will be pulling for him there out in L.A. As the American, you also have uh, McElroy right there. And listen, this this Wyndham Clark guy. You, I don't know much about him. I didn't know much about him coming into this tournament. I'm imagining most people did not, unless you're you know big golf fans. His whole story with his mother. 
plays for his mother. His mother passed away when he was 15 or whatever it was. That's a great story. And we're going to learn all about it tomorrow. And it's going to be fun. And like I said, I love the golf on the West Coast. There's not many sporting events that I'm like, oh, it's on the West Coast. I get excited that it's on the West Coast. Golf is the one because you get prime time golf. You know, it's not going to be tomorrow afternoon. You got to have the the leaders aren't going to tee off until like 3.30 their time, which will be 6.30, 7 o'clock here. I mean, it's it's you'll have it up until it didn't end tonight till 11 o'clock. It's great. You know, it gives you the, to enjoy the whole day, enjoy Father's Day, do whatever you got to do, enjoy outside, nice day, come in and settle in, and then you got the golf on Sunday night. And it should be, like I said, it should be very, very exciting. You had big shots all over the place. They Fowler with the, the 69-foot putt on the Eagle putt on 13. You had um, Scheffler with that ridiculous Eagle on 17 which put him right into the second-to-last group, right? He's going to be playing with McElroy. So that completed his run. Scheffler, listen, you got to watch out for him because he's a big-time – he plays big-time golf in these big-time tournaments, and he always has it. And he is, he's an all-time great – you know, he's got multiple majors. He had that one year, what, two, three years ago when he just basically, you know, dominated the world of golf for about a two-month span, winning almost all the tournaments – so he's going to be dangerous. Rory is always dangerous. It's been, what, eight, nine years since Rory's won a major. So he's trying to get back in there. You got the whole live golf thing and everything like that. And it's just all there set for a perfect Sunday of golf, except the atmosphere. It looks like a COVID. It looks like one of these COVID tournaments. That's what it reminds me of. There's, there's nobody in the, in, the, in the galleries. They're not big galleries. They, they're subdued. And even when they try to get loud and go crazy off a big shot, it's just the atmosphere is not there. And it comes across bad on television. And I don't think it's a good look for the PGA, especially with what's been going on with Liv and, and everything like that. They, you know, they've been getting this bad press. I don't know how much the LACC paid the PGA to get this here. But I don't I mean, it's just not a good spot for a U.S. Open. It's not a good spot for any tournament. You know, if you can't have the crowd there, what's the point? And, and it does. It takes away from 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 the, the telecast. I don't know how it is there. Obviously, I'm not there. I'm watching on TV. But to me, it, it's, uh, it bothers me. It almost looks like it's not a very important tournament, even though you know it's the U.S. Open. So, I mean, but either way, we'll be tuned in. I'll be, you know, I'll be locked in tomorrow, 6.30, 7 o'clock, watching that final round up until probably when I have to leave for work. That's the only bad thing is I got work tomorrow, so. I'm going to have to watch the last, probably the back nine, you know, in the, in the day room in a, in a housing area at Rikers Island. But that's all right, because I'll still see it. I'll still see it. They lock it in. The inmates lock it at 9 o'clock, so I'll get to see it. No problem. Um, other things with the, with the U.S. Open, the par three, the 15th, that's my favorite hole. It played 86 yards today, the shortest par three in U.S. Open history. Tomorrow, I don't even know where they're going to put the pin tomorrow. But if you if you don't get it over that bunker, forget it. You're screwed. If you get it on the green but not in the right spot, forget it. You're looking at a double bogey. I mean, I've never seen so many people struggle, such good professional golfers struggle on an 86-yard shot. But if you want to feel better about your game, watch them on 15. And you'll, you'll feel better because they can't make putts. They're all over the place. The, the ball's rolling off the green. Sometimes they come up short. 
and it's in the bunker, and that's another death trap right there, that, that greenside front bunker. And it, it's just been fun to watch. So the golf has been good. I did. I have enjoyed the U.S. Open. I just, just again, with the, with the atmosphere, it's not there. I'll be pulling for Ricky tomorrow. It'd be nice to see him get another major. You know, he's got the, he's got the Masters. It'd be great to see him get a U.S. Open. But it's not going to be easy. I don't know if this Clark, if Clark, if Wyndham Clark's going to be able to handle the pressure of Sunday at the U.S. Open in the final group. That's all. You know, that's something that you don't know if you could. You don't know if a guy can handle that pressure until he does it. He's either going to be able to or he's going to fade. Uh, my money would probably be on him fading. I would say Scheffler has an excellent chance. He's always has a chance, especially if he's in the mix on a, on a Sunday at a major. And Rory's been playing great golf. He's the number one golfer in the world. He's been playing unbelievable. He's done everything basically but win. He's top five, top ten every week. So we'll see if he can get it done. Um, the Mets, again today. The Mets, listen, today was not a good good day for the Mets. It was a bad loss coming off of a good win last night. They took care of business last night, 6-1. They were all, they, it was over in the first inning, basically. And then today you have Adam Wainwright, who's 68 years old, 68-year-old Adam Wainwright. He's actually 47, but he doesn't throw the ball over 83, 84 miles an hour. And yet somehow he still has the Mets number. Of course, you know, we all remember 2000. And six with Beltran looking at the curveball, Trump in the background, winning runs on base. And, you know, that ended the NLCS. Well, here he is 17 years later, and he's still got the Mets tied up in knots. They can't get anything going. Nimmo led off the game with a home run for the Mets in the bottom of the first, which was great. Nimmo led off, and then Senga, Senga had a bad, one bad inning. Okay, he pitched well today. He, he had command of his pitches. He wasn't walking the ballpark like he usually does when he has bad starts. But, you know, he had that one inning. He gave up the three runs with two outs. The The ball was carrying out to right. It was carrying. I mean, there were balls. Two of those home runs. I don't think Goldschmidt's was on a line drive. But the other Cardinals home run and Guillaume's home run for the Mets later in, I believe, the seventh inning had no business leaving the ballpark. They were they were fly balls, but it got up into the wind. There were thunderstorms all over the place, and it just carried it out. And again, the Mets came back. They made a four three with the Guillaume home run, and then Rally comes in, in in the in the ninth inning, and he gives up a run, and that's a back breaking run. I know it didn't figure into the final because the Mets didn't get anything going in the ninth, but when fourth going into the bottom of the ninth, four three down is. A world of difference from going in five three down, especially when they got the when Fam got hit with the pitch to lead off the ninth inning. The Mets had were set up, they were set up perfectly. They had a leadoff runner on, and three straight strikeouts. And then Marte going down, looking at I don't know what he's looking at. He never got the bat off his shoulder there on that third strike. It was a strike. It was a good curve ball. Listen, the Mets the Mets are, are we've been saying this for for weeks now. The Mets are an average baseball team. They got enough talent to get them to 500, but that's pretty much it. I mean, how much, you know, they, they win, they lose, they win, they lose. They're, they're inconsistent. They got a good pitching performance today from Senga and the one bad inning. He retired 13 of his last 14, so it, it really was. He, he was on top of his game. He basically had three bad, three or four bad hitters in that one inning, 
and it cost him the ball game. You know, he pitched well. He got himself out of trouble in the in the seventh inning, I believe it was, where he had two on, one out. He got two hard hit ground balls. You know, um, Fan made a good play. At, I'm sorry, um, Connor made a good play at first base, making the backhand stop, flipping it to Sang on the spring training play. Got him out of that inning. But the Mets just they they can't get timely hitting. You know, they're getting all their runs off of home runs. Like you had Guillaume today at the two run homer, and Nimmo let off the game with a home run. It's the second time he's let off the game this week with a home run. But it's just not enough. They can't string any hits together. The Mets never get a big inning. They had second and third with one out, and they had two hard-hit ground balls, but they just hit them right at people. They're hitting into bad luck. The bullpen's not really holding up. The starting pitching, when it's good, they don't get hits. When, when they get hits, the starting pitching's no good. Last night you had McGill. Who pitched? Who pitched well yet last night? I mean, the Cardinals are a bad team. This is probably the worst Cardinal team you've seen in you know twenty years. They're terrible this year, and the Cardinals are perennial postseason you know members. They make the they make the uh, the postseason every year. They're always there, no matter what. They finally got old. Wayne Wright, who is not Wayne Wright, came in today with almost a six ERA, a two and one record, almost six ERA. And he shut the bets down, throwing the ball 83 miles an hour. It's the same thing we saw a couple weeks ago against the, against the Blue Jays. The Mets just, they can't get anything going. They can't string any hits together. They can't get big innings. And because of it, they're 33 and 37, four games under 500. They are 11 games, out, 10 and a half games out of first place. And the team's going nowhere. The team is going nowhere this year. Now, they're still tough. Of course, there's time for them to straighten it out. But do you, I mean, I don't see anything that tells me this team's going to be able to straighten anything out. They're an inconsistent team. They're probably a 500 team. That's what they are. They're in, you know, a division that that has the Braves top heavy with the Braves. The Phillies have soared right past them. This was supposed to be an easy series here. You got the Cardinals limping into town, losers of five in a row. They lost last night. The, you know, come back with an afternoon game. And you're supposed to bury teams like this. Good teams bury teams like the Cardinals. And they win games today, and then they go for the sweep tomorrow. And whether they get it or not, you know. But the Mets, you know, now they got another rubber game, a home game. Are they? I don't know what to expect tomorrow. No idea. It's Father's Day, so there should be a good crowd out there. But, you know, who knows? Who knows what they're going to do? They got a 1 o'clock start. We'll, well, I mean, we'll see how it goes. The, Met, the Mets... They're just not. They're, they're not a good baseball team. There's really nothing you could say. They, even when they won the game last week against the Yankees, I mean, look at the game that they won. Look how they won. There was all kinds of mental errors in the first game. You had Nimmo drop the ball. In the game that they won, you had Nimmo making a base running blunder before he won the game. Okay, he came around second. He got picked off a second. Where are you going? The one thing they tell you is. Keep an eye on the runner in front of you. If he ain't running, you can't go to third if he ain't going home. Nimmo rounded the base halfway to third, put the brakes on, and got picked off as they threw the ball behind him on that play, even on the winning hit from Nimmo. He hit it off the wall in right field with a runner on second. That's a walk-in. And what happened? He wasn't... <laughs> I, I forget exactly who it was that scored, but, but he, was, he wasn't halfway. He's tagging up. What are you doing? 
These are little league plays that the, the Mets are making mistakes on. Okay, I'm not even going to get into the fact that how shallow the Yankees outfield is, corner outfield is played in that series because that, that was absurd. But either way, the ball hit off the wall. The guy from second, there's a play at the plate. They can't even get that right. Simple running the bases stuff. You have McNeil in that game throwing away a, a possible, trying to get a double play that he was never going to get. Okay, you have McNeil with the shift violation. I've never seen a shift violation. I know it only came in this year, but I haven't seen one yet. Have you? I don't know if that's the first one. But, listen, the Mets, they got to get their act together. They play, um, it doesn't get any easier for this team. They got Houston, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then next weekend, they go to Philly. You got to start winning these games. And are they going to beat Houston? I don't think so, right? I don't see any reason why you think they would when they could barely beat the Cardinals. So a rubber game tomorrow, big game for the Mets. They're all big games now. Because you know what? Until they put string together an eight or nine game win streak or a, a 13 out of 16 type of month, this team is just not going anywhere. And, you know, they're, they're playing like it. You know, people calling for Bucks head. People want to know why, why Vogelback is in the line. I don't have answers about why Vogelback's in the lineup anymore. I don't know. I really I have no idea. I, I don't know what the analytics people, what analytics are telling you, put Vogel back in this game, because they're, they're, none that I see. Yet he puts him in last night, he hits a home run. I get it. Listen, he runs into one, he hits a home run. Okay, it doesn't mean Vogelback's back. Today he was striking out in a big spot and getting booed, booed off the field. He just, he listen, you got to get rid of Vogelback. He's basically like poison now for this team. You know, nobody wants him here. Buck seems to want him here. Buck seems to play him way more than anybody else would. You know, we're just fans. We just watch the game. But what analytics are telling you Vogelback is the is the right choice for this lineup? The Yankees do the same thing with their lineup. The Yankees rained out today in Boston. But, like, Donaldson hitting third for the Yankees? Like, where does it say that the guy hitting 135 should be hitting in the third spot in your lineup. I get it. You have an anemic lineup, judges hurt. But come on. Third is supposed to be, the third place in the order is supposed to be your best hitter. If he's your best hitter, I don't know what you, you know, I don't know why we even keep batting averages then. Yankees last night embarrassed, or I should say Friday night, Yankees Friday night embarrassed at Fenway Park, 15-5. to The game was 12-1, 13-1. They basically did. They listen. They got, they got shut down completely. Shut down. Okay, Herman went up there and did nothing. Two innings, seven hits, seven runs. So game's over right there. Herman's out. You got Justin Turner. Justin Turner. Now our old friend Justin Turner. We talk about the former Met now good list. Justin Turner is at the top, the very top, of the former Met now good list. He's he's. A1 on that list, <laughs> I'll tell you that, because he was he was a platoon player, a pinch hitter for the Mets for a couple of years. He was good. He got some hits, but then he went to L.A., and he, he's a superstar. He was a superstar forever in L.A., went on championship teams, and now he's in Boston, and he's still killing the New York teams. This time it's the Yankees, six RBIs last night. He had a grand slam, and that was, listen, that was a throwaway for the Yankees. That's a throwaway game. But you can't be having throwaway games when you're ten and a half games back. The Yankees now, I get it, they're eight games over five hundred, but 
eight games over 500 in that division, it means nothing. It means you're 10 and a half back because Tampa started out the season, obviously, with the 13-game win streak, busted out to the big lead, and they've been playing relatively consistent ever since. You know, not, they've been playing above 500. All they have to do, if you start like that, all they have to do is play above 500, and you're going to win the division. Now, you got Baltimore, who's kind of nipping at their heels. Give Baltimore all the credit in the world. They are they are hanging with the race. Four and a half back, really hanging with them. It's amazing that they're hanging with them. And it's about time, because Baltimore has been terrible forever. since Basically, since Jeffrey Mayer and Cal Ripken, Baltimore has been a non-factor. Toronto, right behind the Yankees, only a game behind the Yankees. So the Yankees now are, they lose tomorrow. They have a chance now to, to be you know, in fourth place in their division. Then, you know, that's not acceptable. I get it, judges out. They have nobody else, but that's the problem with you. When you put all the eggs in, in one basket, Stanton doesn't play. Stanton is always hurt. He'll show up for a couple of games, then he goes back out. Stan's always hurt. Okay, the pitching staff has been, you know, take Cole out of it, who's been one of the best pitchers in the game. Now they've had one of the best pitchers in the game, Cole. They're still struggling. The team ERA is not good. The rest of the the staff is not good. Boone, if you ask me, has been outmanaged many, many times this this season. Just watching some of these games. I mean, why would you? make the whole top half of your bullpen not available in the second game against the Mets, especially with an off day coming up. They had, an, they had the, the Mets, and then they had an off day, and he nobody was available for the bullpen. The Yankees are trying things to manufacture runs that you don't really see. I get it. They made He was safe, but the steal of home, you don't really see that. You know, Yankees are, are doing things that out of the norm just to produce runs, now the judges out of the lineup. Now they don't have a terribly hard schedule. They got three at home against Seattle after tomorrow, and then three at home against Texas. So they got the six game homestand after Boston. Winnable games. Seattle's not terrible. Texas, eh, you know, those are winnable games. And then they go to Oakland. And listen, your local little league team could probably take two out of three from Oakland. So. We know how that goes. The Yankees have a chance here, but they, the way they're playing, they really are. They're not going to get anything either. It's just, I mean, it, the, the baseball teams and, and the baseball season slowly slipping away. You know, we haven't even reached officially hit summer yet. We're at Father's Day. We're at the U.S. Open, and the baseball season is slipping away. And we're going to start real soon talking about football if things keep up like this. Because these teams are now 10 dead. You're 10 games out of first place. You're not in it at 10 games out of first place. Yeah, you could say the wild card, but everybody's in the wild card. Everybody's in, you know, within striking distance of a wild card. But you you got four or five teams to jump like the Mets have to do. It's a lot harder. It is not easy jumping four or five. Yeah, you might be four games out of that last wild card, but you got to jump four or five teams. That's not easy. You know, the Mets are going to, Mets are, questioning whether they're going to be sellers or not at the deadline. I'll tell you what, sell Vogelback. Please, sell Vogelback. You know, you got all the kids up here. These kids are going to make mistakes for the Mets. When the Yankees, the far the Yankees go, it's no judge. Judge is hurt again. You got this guy for 10 years. The only year he wasn't really hurt was his contract year. 
To me, that says something about you. When the only time, you know, I mean, listen, he had an all-time year, all-time home runs. He even he was playing great this year. But you can't play great if you're not on the field. You know, the best ability is availability, the old cliche. And Judge, listen, when, you, when you're a big player like that and you're putting up numbers like he's putting up and he was red hot going into when he got hurt and he's playing a gold glove outfield, you can't replace that. And the Yankees, you know, it's a, it's not a good lineup, and they're not a very good team right now. The Red Sox, yeah, the Red Sox might be in last place, but they're a 500 team. That's a good division. So we'll see how it goes tomorrow. The Yankees have a doubleheader, a split admission doubleheader, if you have tickets up in Boston. Uh, 130, first game. Second game is going to be the ESPN game, so it'll be Sunday night baseball. As it, they couldn't play through the rain. They got most of the rain that we got. We got flash, you know, some flash thunderstorms here. But I guess they got slaughtered up there in Boston. It was supposed to be raining all day. I guess they didn't see a window where they could play because they, they don't want to do a doubleheader. You don't want to do a doubleheader like that on, you know, on Father's Day, on Sunday, split admission. It, it that, you know, it's annoying to do something like that. But uh, so that's what's going on with the baseball. And and listen, we're going to do plenty of Mets next week. We got Bob Usler coming on. If you haven't heard, if you didn't see the wrap up show last week, Bob Usler coming on. It's official now. It's next week. It's our first returning guest. So we're excited about that. We're also excited because he's a, just a great person. You know, he's 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 the reason why we have all these big, you know, big name guests. Because once he was like, yeah, I'll come on. No problem. Then I got the confidence to ask other people to come on. So I have no problem. Brett will be back next week, too, by the way. Brett banged in sick today. Not happy about that. You know, you want to go fishing? That's one thing, Brett. But you're going to, you know, bang in sick? We'll, we'll, we'll discuss that. But anyway, so uh, the Rangers now. The Rangers, the season's over. The Knights are the Stanley Cup champions. The My Florida Panthers, the team I adopted, you know, they were out, they were outmatched. They were outplayed. I think the... I think the layoff that they had going into the finals did not help them. And I think Bobrovsky was not, he needed to be great for them to win that series. And, and he was good. He was he, nothing to you know cry about. He certainly was good, but he needed to be great. And he wasn't. And the series ended in five games. Now the season's over. Now you start looking ahead towards next year. The Rangers have hired their coach. A lot of people wanted scream at Messier. Yeah, we want Messier. We want Messier. Listen, if you're Messier, you don't want to coach the Rangers. You can, your reputation and your stance in this city can only go down. It can't get any higher. Call him the Messiah, right? So you can't get any higher than that. He comes here, he coaches, he loses. Forget it. Messier, stay where you are. Stay the hero that you are, that we all love. Brought us the cup. Don't be, you know, trying to coach this team. I know he wants to coach, but they didn't hire him, of course. They went with, listen, they went with the logical choice. They went with the best candidate. It's Peter Laviolette. You know, he's familiar around here. He coached the Islanders. He's coached three teams to the Stanley Cup Finals. He's a Stanley Cup champion winning coach with the Carolina Hurricanes in 2006. He coached the Islanders, the Hurricanes, the Flyers, the Predators, and the Caps. So we know him very well here in New York. He was good for the Islanders. He's a good coach. You know, he's the, he's, he was the easy choice. Everybody was kind of grabbing and want this guy, I want that guy. I want Listen, Drury made the right choice. He got Peter Laviolette. You can't go wrong with that. Okay, he's had some bad exits at some places, but 
He's the best coach. He's got the best resume. They hired, it was an obvious choice. You know, two weeks ago, you could, I could have told you it was, it was more than likely 95% going to be LaViolette. And that's what they got. Now he's going to have, he's got some work to do. This team has now lost two consecutive seasons after they've lost playoff series, two consecutive seasons after leading 2-0 coming home. That can't happen. That got the last coach fired. Gallant was an excellent coach. Gallant was excellent regular season. The Rangers were contending for the division the whole season. They fell just short. Over 100 points both seasons. The first uh, two years ago, he took the team to the conference finals, and he got fired. Why did he get fired? Because you can't be up two games to none two consecutive years, come home and lose four, lose four straight or lose four to five like they did to the Devils. You can't do that and expect to keep your job anywhere on any team in New York, especially in New York. You know, he's going to have to work on getting Panarin to play in the playoffs like he does in a regular season. Panarin disappears in the playoffs, okay? He's got the goalie. Laviolette walks into a very ready-made, ready-to-win team. You know, two years ago when they went to the conference finals, they weren't really ready to win. That's what made that run so much fun. Is we weren't expecting it. When you're not expecting it, it's like, wow, this is great. House money. And then even like the two, even with the, the last series when they're up 2-0 on Carolina, Listen, it was house money, and we, that's why we let it slide the first year. And they didn't fire him that first year, and he came back, and Gallant had a very good regular season. But when it happens in the first round, the year after you went to the conference finals, you're expected to go further. Okay, you can't lose to the Devils in the first round and expect to keep your job like that. But I think they get, I think the Rangers got the best coach. I think they're, they're primed. They're just as good. They're just as good as they were last year. They have some salary cap issues that Drury needs to work out. Okay, that's stuff that Drury needs to do. Maybe add another piece or two. The, 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 the deals at the deadline, they didn't work. Okay, they didn't work. You got some great players, but you got some great names, older players. They, they didn't work. And it was very obvious and very clear throughout you know the playoffs. And the last bit of the regular season, the Rangers could have won the division. They didn't. So... We're a long way away from, we're about as far away from the NHL season as we can be. But the Rangers have a coach. They're in the news. Peter Laviolette is the coach. So we'll see there. Jets and Giants are doing their OTAs, their offseason. Rogers is still saying everything right, still doing everything right. He shook, you know, he shook off that little injury that he had. Um, the Giants, of you know, of course, have the the holdouts with Saquon. Saquon's not; he's holding out. They, I don't think they're going to get a deal done. I think he's going to play. He will show up. He'll be there at, at training camp. He'll be there for the preseason. But right now, he's you know he's making it known. Listen, running backs don't get paid a lot. I, I'm sorry, Saquon. I am. But you're in a die almost like a dying position. You know, 20 years ago, he would have got big money, big money. But now they're just. The running back market, the running backs, their careers are very short. When you're three, four years in, you, you start to see the wear and tear. They start to slow down. The pro, the productivity drops. It just does. So teams are not going to give you a long, big contract. It just doesn't happen. And he seems to want it. He's not going to get it anywhere else either. So he might as well. He's going to come. I think he will report. He'll be there. 
He's not going to be happy. Maybe he, you know, tries to get another contract after this year. We'll see how it goes. But I mean, the Giants did him dirty with this with the franchise tag. They did definitely did him dirty. But it's business, and you know what these players say all the time: "Well, it's business. I understand that, that there's a business to the game." Well, this is it, and it sucks for Barkley because he's on the short end of it. But he'll deal with it. He'll be there. The Jets, of course. Listen, it's all about Aaron Rodgers. That's all it is. Keep him healthy. Keep him healthy through, into the season if you can, because the uh, you're just waiting. I know I'm just waiting for him to drop back, whether it be you know sometime this summer, preseason, early regular season. I'm just waiting for him to drop back and and go to the ground, non-contact, and just <laughs> this whole thing blow up. Just because it's the Jets. Not that I want that to happen. I don't. I'm rooting for the Jets, but you could see it happening. You all could see it happening. Um, so, like I said. We just wanted to do a short show today. The Yankees doubleheaded tomorrow, one thirty-five, and then the ESPN Sunday Night Baseball game. The Mets, you got to get this game tomorrow because you're going on the road. You're going to Houston, and that is not a tough place to play. And then you got a big series next weekend with the Phillies in Philadelphia. So we say this every time. It's time to get the Mets. The Mets better get their act together. And every week we come back, and it's the same story. It's a it's losing two out of three to this team winning two games in a row and then losing three more. It, it's the same thing every week. And it's starting to become like, you know, I've been saying it now for three, four weeks. This is what they are. They're a 500 team. They're not a very good team. It, and I don't know why they're not a good team. It's basically the same team since last year. The Noah Alonzo thing is hurting them. The defense that, that Connor's played has been good. So it, the defense really hasn't struggled, but you can miss that bad. I mean, Alonzo's got 21 home runs. He led the, the majors in home runs. You know, Otani Ota- just tied him, yeah, I believe last night. So the, how long is he going to be out? He took batting practice today. He took fielding practice today. So maybe, hopefully, later this week, hopefully by the Philly series, we could get Alonzo back and the Mets could make up some ground. Because if they don't start making up ground, this is, it's going to be over but, you know, by the 4th of July. And the Yankees, the Yankees, listen, the Yankees have a better record. They're over 500. They're eight games over 500. I've never heard a fan base bitch and moan so much about a team eight games over 500. But they they really don't, they don't look like a good team, so I don't blame them. You know, they got embarrassed the other night in Boston. Now they got a doubleheader tomorrow. Doubleheaders are usually splits, right? Let's be real. I'd say 80% of doubleheaders end up in splits. That would mean they lose two out of three to Boston. Then they go back home. They got six at home and then to Oakland. So the Yankees need to tread water. They need to keep their head above, you know, 500 until Judge comes back. And when's Judge? I don't know when Judge coming back. It's still, they haven't told us anything exactly when he's coming back. Four weeks, six weeks. Who knows? So the Yankees are in a precarious position. They're down. Both teams, double-digit deficits out of first place. It's not looking good. Like I said, we'll be talking more football this keeps up. We'll be talking more football in August and, and than we usually do. Because I usually, I hate the preseason. I just think it's useless. I, I don't even bother. I don't even like talking about it. And then we got the U.S. Open tomorrow. Ricky Fowler in the lead, the 54-hole lead, Ricky Fowler. He flubbed the putt on 18 to drop a shot to bogey 18. Now he's, he's tied with Wyndham Clark. Exactly. Wyndham Clark, who is he? You're going to find out a lot about it. You're going to know all about him tomorrow. They're going to be plenty of features. They're going to be banging that right into your head. 
You're going to know all about him. His mother's story, if you don't know it, she died when he was like 14. He plays for her. It's a, it's a good story. I don't think he's, I don't know if he can handle the pressure. Tomorrow's a different kind of pressure. Sunday at the U.S. Open, Father's Day, it's a different kind of pressure for a golfer, any golfer. Sunday at the Masters is a different kind of pressure. It's just, it's, you know, and here he's in the final group. This is the first time. It would have been if, if Fowler made that putt on 18, it would have been the first time he held a 54-hole lead in a major by himself. Like you said, he missed the putt, dropped the shot. Now he's at 10 under. He's tied. And watch out for Scotty Scheffler. That's all I'm going to say. Okay, he hit that ridiculous eagle, two on 17. McElroy and Scheffler, I think that's going to be the group you got to watch out for. They're the second to last group. Can Ricky hold them off? You know, we'll see. It's going to be very interesting. I'm going to love it. The atmosphere is going to suck because it sucked all week because there's nobody in the, in the, on the, in the course. 22,000 fans, they went in there. It's almost as exclusive as the, the country club itself, which they've been raving about all, all the biggest thing that I've heard. The thing I've heard the most time has nothing to do with golf. It said celebrities are not allowed to join this club. Who cares? I really don't care if celebrities are allowed to join the club or if movie stars are allowed to join the club or if Reagan has a locker in the locker room. That like, How many times are you going to tell us this? $300,000 to join the club, supposedly. The most exclusive golf club in America, they say. Yeah, well, I, I bet the Masters and Augusta National is a little more exclusive. If you're not basically an ex-president or secretary of state, and if you're a woman, forget it. So, you know, besides Condoleezza Rice just a couple of years ago. So I don't know exactly how exclusive it is. That they, All they tell you is if you're a celebrity, you can't get in. So if you have a couple hundred thousand and you're not a celebrity, well, go give it a shot. You might be able to get in. But so that pretty much does it here for us tonight. Um, next week, we'll be back with you Saturday. Brett will be back. We'll be back in Sable, Brian Gunzel Studios, special show. It is Brian Gunzel. It would have been Brian Gunzel's 43rd birthday, I believe. Uh, 42nd birthday. It would have been his 42nd birthday. So we're going we're gonna to do a little thing for that. And we also have Bobby Usler coming on, who's going to just, listen, we're going to rip into the Mets. Unless they go 6-0, and sweep Houston and sweep Philly, it's going to be, you know, it's not going to be pretty for the Mets here on this show next week. But it hasn't been in basically all season. So... Enjoy your Father's Day. All the fathers out there, enjoy your Father's Day. It's it's our day, right? It's my first. It's, like I said, ties, socks, breakfast in bed, and the U.S. Open. That's what, that's what I'm looking for, Father's Day. I hope you get whatever you're looking for for Father's Day. And if, you know, treat your father right. Happy Father's Day to my father, who I know watches this. And listen... Have a good day to everybody. Enjoy the golf. Enjoy the baseball, Mets, Yankees, everything going on tomorrow. We will talk to you next Saturday. Remember, Bob Usler coming on. I'll talk to you probably Monday, do a quick little wrap-up of the U.S. Open. Maybe, no, probably not tomorrow night, Monday. So I'll talk to you guys Monday. We will talk to you, me and Brett, Brett and I, Saturday. And that does it for us. I'm Bob Walters. We'll talk to you in a couple days, everybody. See ya. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to let everyone know by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or on our website at LockedUpSports.net. Remember, you can also find us on your favorite social media site on Twitter at LockedUpSports. 
on the gram at locked underscore up underscore sports. Join our Facebook group, Locked Up Sports, or on TikTok at Locked Up Sports Show. Now you can catch all the latest from Locked Up Sports anytime. Thanks for listening.